Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Lifegasm, Book One, Marshall's Promise. You've surely gathered by now that this audiobook is a podcast, or this podcast is an audiobook. But I feel compelled to remind anyone who may be new here that the story will make more sense if you start at the beginning and listen through chapter by chapter. Furthermore, while I usually do my best to avoid telling people what to do, I will take one quick minute to encourage you to subscribe or leave a review. Now, that's enough of that, so let's get on with it. Lifegasm, Book 1, Marshall's Promise, Chapter 9, Harriet's House of Healing Most poor people live in villages or neighborhoods and have access to an extensive network of people who know them well, extended families, communities based on religion or ethnicity. Whereas some shocks may strike everyone in the network, a bad monsoon, for example, others are more specific. If those who are doing well now help out those who are having a bad time in return for similar help when the roles are reversed, everyone can be made better off. Helping each other out does not have to be charity. Abhijit Banerjee and Esther Dufflo from Poor Economics. From the gelateria, I called William and filled him in on the newest addition to my piecemeal plan. So can I have your blessing to stay away through Gangaji's satsang? I asked. Okay, he answered, but what about afterward? Nothing to report, I said, but I'm working on it, and you will be the first to know when anything changes. He sighed heavily, and I empathized with his frustration. The world as we've built it values predictability, or perceived predictability, and life as I was trying to live it was a round peg smashing into the square hole of our systemic infrastructure. But that wasn't going to stop me. I couldn't let it stop me. As soon as William agreed to the new timeline, I called the number on Gangaji's flyer, reserved myself a spot, and even signed up as an official volunteer. My last scheduled night in Colorado came and went, so I'd have about a week to account for before seeing Gangaji. What's another seven days of shelter manifestation? I chuckled to myself. However, it felt wrong to ask my Colorado people to extend my stay with them. I knew it felt wrong because my gut said so, or my intuition said so, or my deepest heart said so, or God said so. Tomato, tomato, God is good. Leaving Colorado was the right thing to do. I just didn't know where to go. Yet. It was time for an idea session, and I called Harriet Jean instinctively. I'm having some feelings, and I need some goddess wisdom, I said. Do you have a minute to talk? She did, and skipping the small talk, told me to tell her everything. Which I did. I told her about meeting the park service friends in Utah and finding Gangaji in the ice cream shop and the most divine $7 yoga class I ever did take. But I need to find a place to crash for the next week, I told Harriet. I guess I should just look at a map and figure out how far is reasonable to drive. Plus, there's the whole after next week problem. What do you mean? she asked. Oh, well, I got kicked out of the Oak Street bungalow. Huh? Huh? What are you talking about? I thought William's parents owned it. Yeah, they do. They kicked me out. It's a longish story, but it's all good. But yeah, without that house, I don't even know if I'm coming back to La Grande after Colorado, you know what I mean? I don't even have a place to stay there, and I can probably earn more money somewhere else to send back to the kids anyway. Oh boy, I really have no idea what I'm going to do. 
Um, Evie, you know you're always welcome to stay with me however long you need to, right? Harriet Jean said. Harriet's words felt like warm, golden milk spilling all over my heart. Suffice it to say that no, I hadn't known I could stay with Harriet Jean, because there's a big difference between making your guests feel welcome and always welcoming your guests, and I was coming to see that it's a pretty heavy and intimate request, at least in the world as we've built it, to ask anyone to share their shelter. I wasn't sure where or how exactly I'd fit within the modest footprint of Harriet Jean's little apartment, but I also knew she didn't say things she didn't mean, which for the record is one of my all-time favorite qualities in a person. I needed a place to stay, and I'd found one. Hallelujah! Oh my god, Hattie, I cannot thank you enough. This is such a big deal. I'm so grateful for you. You're an angel. You're saving me. You know me, she said. I love picking up strays. Plus, you saved me when I needed a place to live. We're just taking turns taking care of each other. Yeah, I guess I'd forgotten about that. William and I had let Harriet stay in our guest room when she'd needed to move out of a boyfriend's house on short notice. It hadn't ever occurred to me that I'd be asking her to return the favor less than a year later. And you know me, I said. I'll be a super conscientious house guest. I know that cohabitation is a pretty intimate level of shared energetic space, and I promise to be as sensitive as I can. I won't let it hurt my feelings when you need space, and I'll pull my weight. I'll do all the dishes and whatnot. I'm not worried about any of that, Harriet said. You're good about that kind of stuff. But thanks anyway for saying it all out loud. Oh, I continued, you should also know there's already a two-week stretch around September and October where I won't need shelter. I I don't know if I ever told you this, but I bought tickets to London about six months ago when I was still married and when William and I thought a trip to Europe would be my first big solo breather from motherhood. Anyway, do you remember Olivia, my English friend who I met in Mexico? Maybe, Harriet Jean recalled tentatively. Well, no matter. She and her family have a place in South London with a spare bedroom, and they have insisted it's all mine for those two weeks. It just wouldn't make sense at this point to cancel the trip. Free shelter's free shelter, even if it happens to be a continent away. Rough life, Harriet Jean commented. I know, it looks like permanent vacation, I said, and it sort of is, I guess, but it also isn't. I mean, these are the most challenging and the most rewarding days I've ever lived. I guess it's something like high risk, high reward. My little economist, she teased. I'm just giving you a hard time. Anyway, let me know when to expect you, and I'll make sure to leave the door unlocked. As soon as we hung up, I called William back. Did you forget something? He answered. Sort of, I said. I forgot to tell you that I found a place to live. In La Grande. So I'll be home as soon as I can make it there after this thing with Gangaji. Oh, wow, that's great, he said. So does that mean we can go back to our regular parenting time schedule? Yes, of course, I replied. And I can watch them extra hours, too, if that helps. That would be great. I have a stretch of band practice coming up here. William and I hashed out the details, then hung up. I was stunned, in a good way, that the universe had delivered yet again. Is this just how it works? I wondered aloud as Peaches the Prius and I scooted around Colorado with no particular destination. Is this how it's always worked? I continued internally. I thought of all the times I'd told myself that the situation I was in was shit, that it wasn't going to end well, and then, voila, the situation was shit, and it didn't end well. 
See, I told the universe at the time, see, I was right. But now it seemed like I'd been calling forth a lot of shitty things. It seemed likely that I'd been manifesting all along. I drove into downtown Denver somewhat mindlessly, thinking I'd revisit the gentlemen's club before I figured out what the next week would look like. I entered the foyer, was asked to pay more than last time, decided it felt wrong, and returned to my car within five minutes. There was a parking ticket on my windshield and a city employee driving away. It's time to get out of Colorado, said the universe rather indisputably. And so I got out of Colorado with a sneaking suspicion of where I was heading.